Welcome to the Divorce Angel Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Summerton. Attention business owners, senior managers and executives, your successful separation begins right now. We have the answers to the questions you did not even think to ask. Let's face it, you're already successful in your career and we're here to help expand your knowledge and limit your costs by designing a strategy for your divorce. We take all that business knowledge you've acquired and we put it to work. With proven strategies, systems and processes, we've saved our clients tens of thousands in legal fees and helped define their future. And now we're doing the unthinkable. We're revealing the secrets the lawyers have tried to hide and giving you our formula for five steps to a seamless divorce. We're changing the world one divorce at a time, so stay tuned. Hey everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast. Today I wanted to talk to you about something that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is not only financial literacy for not just women, but also for men, but also the power plays that I see go on in a lot of relationships around money. And sometimes it's it's a ploy, it's a trap, it's how the other person in the relationship controls what's going on. But specifically, I wanted to talk today about a client of mine who has now come out the other end of her relationship and is now divorced. And this week I received an email from her that I will read at the very end, but the email was so touching given everything that she's gone through that there's no doubt I got tears in my eyes and got very emotional because when this client came and sat in my office, her situation was, the only word I can use is dire. All of us, all of us, when we are going through our relationship breakups, the most important thing that the majority of people want is security. And with security, in many cases, is perceived to come from financial, from a financial position. So in other words, knowing for certain that you can pay your rent, knowing that you can pay for your gas and your electricity, put food on the table, put petrol in your car, pay the bills that you've always paid. They're the things that the majority of us want the most. And there's no doubt that the fight over finances when going through a divorce can be very, very bitter. And sometimes people think they deserve more for whatever reasons that they have. But what I always like to try and get across is when we're going through our divorce, making sure that we get, now please, as you're listening to this, make sure that this sinks in, that we get what is fair. Not what is perceived as I deserve this, I went through this, I put up with this, but what is fair. And the reason the word fairness is so important is because I'm a big believer in Aini. And Aini is an ancient Indian word and it means pretty much the reciprocity of life. And what I've witnessed, given the facts around divorce, so I've spoken about them before, but it's roughly 45% of first-time marriages fail, 70% of those 45% fail 
a second time. And then 90% of that 70% fail again a third time. Can you imagine? And this is what my primary driver is with my business. Not only to help people get through divorce the better way with my five steps to a seamless divorce, but also to understand if we do it the right way the first time and we learn the lessons, let me repeat that, we learn the lessons so we don't get what we are not entitled to. We don't go and spend a fortune fighting for something that really was not ours to start with, that we don't prolong a war, we don't become so emotionally distraught over the fight that it it affects us via stress. And then as we all know, stress brings on all of these other medical conditions. Divorce is awful if you do not do it the right way. But when you do it my way, what happens is you're not part of that 70%. You're not part of that 90% because you've done it from a position of fairness. You've got what you deserve. You've learnt the lessons that many, many people are not learning and they're just repeating the same mistake over and over again because they have this sense of entitlement. And this client that I'm about to talk to you about is a prime example of what good looks like given everything she went through. And I think that's why I am so emotionally connected to her because her story is very sad, but she is now one of the happiest people I've ever met. So let me tell you about her. She's a woman who works in a school. She has two teenage children and she's married to a man that has his own business. Now, throughout their 20-year marriage, she's worried about being the home carer, making sure that, you know, the house is, is respectable, looking after the children because you know, her goal in life, her purpose is to help children with, you know, learning and literacy. So, of course, her own children are so important to her and making sure she does the right thing and leads by example for her kids. And her husband is in the building industry and because of that, he has these grandiose ideas of the sort of property that they would live in. And he has what's known as an identity issue. His identity is tied to wealth because of the family that he comes from. So his family are are quite wealthy and and he was brought up in a way where he was given privileges that, that many of us probably weren't given. But his parents always bailed him out too when things got a little bit hard. So as an adult, he would make decisions and those decisions sometimes put the family in a very precarious financial position. But he tried to keep how bad it was from his wife. Until it got to a stage where the day she came into my office because she was referred to me by a financial advisor and we sat down and we did a deep dive into her situation. Now she told me for many, many years she felt sick 
in the stomach. And she, she'd gone to the doctors and she'd asked, you know, she'd had tests and asked why was it that she felt this way. Looking back now, 12 months after she's left and now divorced her husband, she said, Tanya, I know what that feeling was. It was my body warning me that things weren't right. Can you imagine? Right now inside of you, you have a warning signal that is giving you information that's feeding you the truth. But if you don't listen to it, it can't help you. And that's what happened to this client. But now she understands exactly what it was telling her. So here she is in her mid, oh, sorry, late 40s with her teenage children, with her life, and she knew that something wasn't right. And when we sat down and went through some of her bills and her mortgage and how much her house was worth, and straight away it didn't add up to me because the numbers, the detail, the truth is always in the numbers. So when we were doing her divorce roadmap, I asked her to go away and get me some documents. Now, this is where this, this woman is so inspiring. She was working full-time and was on a very good wage but pretty much had no money to her name. Now, she knew she needed my help and she knew she needed to find out exactly what was going on and get to the bottom of what was going on. But if she had no money to survive, how was she going to pay me? But this was the beauty of this woman. She knew she had to go and do something because if she didn't do something, nothing was ever going to change and she would stay in this predicament that her life had become with this sick feeling all the time in her stomach. So she went and borrowed the money from her mum and her and her mum worked with me while we came up with a way to get her out of, of her predicament. So let's get into what that looked like. Her ex-husband now, I'm calling her him her ex-husband now, but husband at the time, he'd taken loans out in her name and forged her signature. He had rang the bank and he'd done things like um, not paid certain mortgage instalments and, and those sorts of things just to try and move money around from here to there. Now, I'm not saying this man did this on purpose. To be honest, I actually think he's gosh, um, and I'm, I'm no doctor or psychologist or anything like that, but I certainly think uh, getting deep into their situation, he does have... You know, he certainly has some problems that he needs to address. And I'm not placing blame here by any means because my client, who will now tell you, she was a little bit of an enabler because she didn't stand up to him. She didn't ask the question. She didn't want to know more because deep down she knew something wasn't right and she did not want to cause conflict. So she allowed it to happen. So... I often say it takes for a, a successful relationship, both parties have to be committed not 50% but 100% each. And neither of these parties 
in hindsight, were committed 100% to the success of their relationship. Like it had got so bad financially that there was little that either of them could do. They were so committed to their struggles, both of them, him to try and hide the issues and her to try and um, ignore that they were even happening, that they just existed in this relationship. So... After working with me, we realised that they they were so far in debt that there was no doubt, talking to the lawyers and the accountants that we put on her, her job, that at some stage in the very, very near future, the bank would repossess the house, the cars would be repossessed, and there was no doubt whatsoever because of some of the um, precarious documents that we found that she would eventually either be forced into bankruptcy or without a shadow of a doubt would at least have to go into liquidation. Now, can you imagine? This is a woman that got up every day, went to school, did her job, looked after her students, loved her children and cared about them like you wouldn't believe. She also said later on, her children pretty much were the reason that she stayed because of all of the knowledge she thought she gained during her teaching degree and te- and looking at other children from divorced families that were in her classroom. She thought, I just have to stay for the kids. Like they're getting to an age now really when they'll be ready to move out of home and when that happens, I can address this issue. So here she is with this dire decision. She had to leave her husband and she had to make the decision whether she went into bankruptcy or she just waited for it to happen to her. Now, she took control of her life and that that is what's so amazing about this woman. She took control of her life even though the picture in front of her was so dire. And if we circle back to the whole thing about security... She felt like there was nothing secure in her life other than the love that she had for her children and the ability to be in control of her life. They were the two things that she had. She had nothing else. She had no money whatsoever. I'm talking nothing. If she didn't go bankrupt, she would owe so much money that she would have to work for many, many years just to pay back the debt that her husband had got her into. And there's so much more here that I am not explaining to you, but just take on face value the picture that I am giving you because the message is about to come. She said, looking back, there were only lessons and no regret. She took on her shoulders the part that she played in allowing her ex-husband to get them to the position that they were in. And she realised that she was going to work and she was paying the majority of the bills. And I'm talking about a wage here. She was a pretty experienced teacher, so her wage was pretty substantial. I'm not talking, you know, she was in the higher echelon of um, teachers here in Australia. And all of her wage just went to just keeping everything as it was, like they never got any better. They never got any further in life. 
And I think the last straw for her was when the local mechanic rang up and said to her, you owe me $4,000. And she said, what for? And she said, oh, well, because your car was serviced a few months ago and it needed all of these things done to it and you guys still haven't paid. And like these things day after day would keep just being pushed in front of her, things that she had to address that she was not even aware of. So let's fast forward 12 months. She left her husband with and took her children. She rented a property. Now, this was the key. If she'd stayed where she was, she wouldn't have been able to get a rental property because they do a credit check on you and they want to understand what sort of debts and those sorts of things that you have. So by her leaving before she went bankrupt, she was able to get a property for her and her children to live in that she could knew for certain was an area that she wanted to stay in and she could pay her debt, uh, sorry, pay her rent. And then after she'd done that, after she'd set herself up with our assistance and we got her relocated, she went and had a chat to her husband and she explained to him what she'd done. So through the guidance of the team and everything else, she said, "I, you know, I, our marriage isn't working and she went through... Um, why she was leaving, and then she told him that she'd gone into bankruptcy and why. Now, he was so perplexed by why the hell would you want to do that because he'd been living in such ignorance for so long and he'd been fighting this perpetual circle of robbing Peter to pay Paul just to keep afloat. He could not believe that she would and take into consideration none of this was her doing. She was continually going to work and paying the bills. And yet here she was with the courage of her convictions to stand up and say, enough is enough. I need to do something about my life because if I don't, I'm not going to move on any further. So he was floored by the fact that that's what she did, yet he never did it. He never did it. He continued to do the same thing. Six months after she moved out, he moved in a new woman with her children and, um, you know, he's just still living the same life. She's still getting letters from the bank saying that, you know, um, mortgages haven't been paid. They're so far behind in all of that. But there's no doubt that there's a landslide very, very quickly about to happen for him because his debt is so out of control that it's going to hit him like a sledgehammer. But she's already moved on with her life. So she's moved into a new rental accommodation. She's got her children with her. Her children are happy. And she said, I ignored the signs because I thought I was doing the right things for the kids. But she said, now I look back and I realise I should have done it so much sooner because what was I teaching my children? I was teaching them to ignore what was going on in front of them instead of addressing them. So I now want to just read you the email that I got from her this week. Good morning, Tanya. As I sit on the beach looking over the bay, reflecting on all kinds of stuff, my mind wandered to you and I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for providing a stable and clear platform 
for which I could begin my much-needed separation journey. And what a journey it has been, goodness me. Being so generous and catering for my financial situation. Directing me to other professionals who have acted with such integrity, care and thoughtfulness as you. Helping me to begin gathering my life back together again and finding a more normal normal. For showing such empathy and understanding and encouraging and empowering me to look forward and beginning not just another chapter of my life so far, but a sequel, a fresh adventure with my beautiful big kids, family and ever so cherished friends. You have impact on people, Tanya, and provide strength and possibility. You are an angel as your business name suggests. Sometimes they cross your path And I was one of the lucky ones for such an experience. Thank you again, darling, with a big smile on my face and much love. So can you imagine me opening this email and reading this, given the strength that this woman has shown? Not just that, I also got a beautiful text message from her mum. I got a text message from her mum telling me that I made a difference to their life. Now, I did nothing. All I did was provide the tools. I gave her the support and I let her know that it would be okay. So there's no doubt in my mind she's one of the strongest women that I've ever met and she is without a doubt one of my truly brilliant success stories simply because she wasn't fighting over money. There was no money to get. She was fighting for a better life. She was fighting for a better her, and she was fighting to show her children with tenacity and strength and courage that everything will be okay. So my darling friends, Can you imagine the life that she now has? She has no money. She's surviving. She's paying her rent. She's doing everything else. But for seven years when you're bankrupt, you can't buy, you can't get finance, so she can't buy another house. But she has a clear picture in her mind of what her future looks like and she's doing such a great job. And you probably already know if you are in a similar situation and your body is telling you something, the truth is that it is inevitable that at some stage something has to happen. So ask yourself, how long are you prepared to wait until you actually address what's going on? Because no one will do it but you. And if you need my help and support, just know I'm here for you. And we've got the tools, the support and everything else that you will need to get through this dire situation. Okay, my darlings, 
I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Angel podcast. Go behind the scenes of my business to learn the secrets no one else will share. Deep dive into the Divorce Angel process and listen to our most popular episodes over at tanyasummerton.com. If you love this episode of the podcast, do me a favor and head over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives. That's all for now and I'll catch up with you next week.